Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have you ever prayed a prayer that sounded disjointed and messy? Not a nice, clean prayer like you might pray when someone says, Hey, would you pray for us? And it's in a public setting, and so you... You put together the nice phrasing that you want to use when you're praying so that it sounds really nice. And you use the kinds of words that you know other people use when they pray. A prayer that uses eloquent words, that flows nicely. Not that kind of prayer. Have you ever prayed that kind of prayer that you just... You just say what's on your heart. It's just, you can't even get full phrases out necessarily, certainly not complete thoughts. And well, if it were graded as a, a grammar, well, it would, be, it would be a failing grade because you're just, you're so desperately crying out to God. Well, today's reading from Isaiah is such a prayer. It's it sounds really beautiful, actually, to us in the English, but that's because they, they smooth it all out for us. But in the Hebrew, it is nice, not, not nice and, and eloquent. It's, it's disjointed and messy. One commentary put it this way, but the Hebrew syntax is not nearly this smooth. It is abrupt and disjointed, full of dislocations. Well, that kind of prayer is relatable, isn't it? You've been there. You prayed a prayer that's full of sentence fragments and partial thoughts and certainly wouldn't pass a grammar test. You've, you've prayed a prayer that is just in your gut and it spills out of your mouth. And that's the kind of prayer that Isaiah was praying here when he called out. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that, you, that we did not look for, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence." Isaiah is so fed up with the wickedness around him in the world, the the brokenness of the world around him, the mess that is the world, that he's he's just crying out to God in his broken and disjointed prayer, and he's just begging God, get down here and help us out. Well, you you felt like that before, haven't you? You prayed like that, haven't you? When you watch the news and they're reporting rape and child exploitation, abuse and murder, a breakdown of family. When a loved one gets a bad diagnosis, a tragedy strikes too close to home, death takes one of your loved ones. At moments like that, we pray Isaiah's Advent prayer. Maybe not in his words, but in our own words. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. We want God to shake the world. We want God to just make it absolutely clear that he's the king and 
We want him to come down and obliterate wickedness and to do away with sin and all of its effects forever. Isaiah was was looking backwards and he was remembering how God did these amazing signs, these amazing things in the past, and he's counting on God doing those kind of amazing things once again. But in the meantime, in the meantime, Isaiah's waiting. He's waiting on the Lord. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him, who meet him, who, is, who joyfully works righteousness. Those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you are angry and we sinned. In our sins we have been a long time. Shall we be saved? Even though Isaiah's prayer is disjointed, and it seems to be an outpouring of of emotions, even though the circumstances around him seem overwhelming, he still looks to the Lord. That's what it means to wait for the Lord. Waiting for the Lord doesn't mean sitting around doing nothing and just saying, well, eventually God's going to do something about this. Waiting for the Lord is committing yourself to the Lord. It is continuing to believe and expect from the Lord when everybody else around you has given up. It is believing that it is better for something to happen in God's time than in the timing that we would like to see. Waiting for the Lord, though, isn't passive. It's active. When we wait for the Lord, we, we do the righteous things God has given us to do, and we, we even do them with joy. Waiting for the Lord is living as those who know. You've been claimed by the Lord. You've been washed in the waters of baptism. It is to commit yourself, commit the whole future, Commit all things into God's hands. And to live in ways that daily show his ways of integrity, honesty, faithfulness, simplicity, mercy, generosity, and self-denial. So when, when Psalm 27 verse 14 says, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. It's, it's not saying just sit around and, and just kind of wait. But it's saying, keep looking to the Lord. Keep trusting in the Lord. Keep expecting good from the Lord. Well, Isaiah waited for the Lord. He waited for the Lord to rend the heavens and come down. And God did. Well, not according to Isaiah's timing, of course. But in the fullness of time. That's what Galatians says. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the loss, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. God came down. Not likely the way that Isaiah could have ever expected, and certainly not the way the world expected. But God did come down. God became man and came down to help. 
in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. God came down. He answered the prayer of Isaiah, who waited for the Lord. Even as Isaiah confessed his sins and the sins of the whole people of God to the Lord, God gave the answer, the solution in the person of his son. Isaiah called for God to rend the heavens wide and come down, and God did. Isaiah called for God to do amazing work, and God did. The incarnation, the crucifixion, the resurrection, God did amazing things to overcome the wickedness of the world, the brokenness of the world, the sins of the world. God did at the right time. In the right way. And God hears our prayers when we cry out like Isaiah cried out in our broken and disjointed utterances. God hears and he'll answer. But we know this. He does it in his way and his time. He came as the Savior once and he's coming again on the last day. And when he comes again in glory, all of the wickedness, all of the brokenness of the sin and all of its effects, all of that will be no more. He's going to rend the heavens wide. He's going to come down in ways even greater than Isaiah could have hoped for. But until then, we wait. We wait. But we wait for the Lord. We look to the Lord expectantly. We know that he will answer. We live for the Lord and walk in his ways, waiting for him to right the wrongs and knowing he will. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. He acted in the past. He acts now. He will act in the future. So we wait for the Lord because he is the God who acts for those who wait for him. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.